Hey everyone, welcome to Cigars on Syndication. I'm Robbie. I'm I'm here with Jay, where we're passionate about real estate and we're we're passionate about cigars too. Uh, today we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about you know the current housing market and and maybe some of the shortages and and how we might get caught up. Hey everyone, I'm Junaid, and uh, welcome to Cigars and Syndications. Um, yes, we are passionate about cigars. What are we smoking today? Today we've got the Padron Family Reserve. Uh, 85 year anniversary smoke. Uh, I mean, really smooth, easy draw, typical Padron. Yeah. I mean, I love the way these things light up and I love the way they draw, but enough of the cigars. Let's get into our topic today. Um, so, you know, we've been seeing housing go up and down, uh, you know, what's going on with, uh, the shortages in housing. We've been seeing it all of last year, 2023, uh, we're seeing shortages in in multifamily housing. We're seeing shortages in in single family housing. So let's talk about that a little bit. You know, let's see what um, what we can, how we can inform our listeners, and uh, you know, what kind of conclusions we can draw. You know, and, and it's kind of tricky if you're sitting there and you look at the numbers as they are without kind of taking the situation and as its whole. Um, I mean, we're starting out with a a shortage of multifamily and single family homes. So even in the event that we surpass the number that's needed annually, we still are in a deficit because of the shortage. Yeah. So if you go to uh, weareapartments.org, it's a non-for-profit organization that monitors the the, the demand for apartments. Um, and uh, they are uh, estimating that we need nationwide we need 266,000 apartments annually in order to keep up with demand based on, you know, new people entering the market um, and the, the expansion of uh, the population as it is. So even though I think in 2023 uh, they eclipsed 400,000 units, there's still a deficit uh, because of the past years where we had shortages. Right. And that deficit goes back to, you know, 2008, the 2008 crisis, uh, real estate kind of came to a stop, to, to a standstill. Uh, banks stopped lending, developers stopped developing because there was too much, you know, supply on the market. Um, and uh, we, uh, and as a result, we haven't caught up with that, uh, that oversupply, which then turned into a deficit. Well, and for me, where it's the most noticeable and the most impactful is you know, historically, interest rates and home prices have been indirectly related or, or you know, they they react uh, when the interest rates go up, the home prices typically come down. But because of the shortage, the home prices have stayed steady and in some cases even increased over year over year. So, yeah, according to uh, the, the latest data that I have from RealPage, uh, single family homes we're up 32.9%, so almost 33% uh, year over year. Multifamilies were down 26%. Um, but here's the thing. Single family homes are up 40%, but soar interest rates. And so single family homes are not really affordable unless they fall within a, a, a certain uh, price range. Uh, and especially in Houston over here, um, you know, single family homes at, that fall within a three hundred thousand dollar range are are can be affordable, but you know if you start looking, you know, and again, real estate as you know is very very local, right? So we can go look at the woodlands, we can go look at Sugarland, you know, those houses are five six hundred thousand dollars are not affordable by any means by the average person. 
Yeah, no, they're they're not. And and with this shortage, um, you know, as developers, I mean, I think you've kind of got to you got to open your mind and listen to some of these newer ideas out there. I'm I'm very old school and I have a hard time making these changes, but there's some things on the horizon that that will probably impact this industry at one time with not only with the things going on in the in the financial world, just the labor there's a there's a, a real labor shortage that that can really impede progress for for these developers and and I think that uh there's uh there's some modular construction uh that's out there and now you've got the commercial real estate world colliding with the the residential real estate world with the conversions of office space. Yeah, and if you take into account the the shortage that we've we've been running year over year since 2008 and you combine it with higher interest rates and then of course, you know, if multifamily is down another 26% and interest rates are high so people can't afford uh single family homes, uh that just basically says that multifamily uh, there's going to be more, obviously, there's going to be more demand for multifamily. There's going to be more construction uh, on the on the horizon. But, you know, nobody wants to get their feet wet in the construction until interest rates drop. And, you know, a good sign uh, that the Fed just offered yesterday was that, you know, they're not increasing the rates, but they're going to hold them steady and they don't think they're going to drop them at least until May. Well, you know, I'm really excited with what I'm seeing there. And, and you know, the economy still seems to be moving forward and 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 really strong. Uh, I'm excited about the the Fed's uh, response yesterday and you know hopefully they do what they say they start decreasing these rates and really, you know, that's going to open the door hopefully uh some people have these projects and they've been holding on. I think there's a pent up demand for development and and hopefully with these rates dropping um you know it kicks it in gear. Yeah, and I know I've always maintained that the bond market is is smarter than the the stock market and right now the 10-year bond is at 3.87 um uh and so it was at a little over four uh at the beginning of the week so you know since those bond yields are dropping uh i think the, the market is expecting the fed to drop the rates sooner than they're saying uh i think powell's a smart man he did a good job of of engineering the soft landing we didn't have a hard landing. We didn't have, you know, like back in the 80s where interest rates were up in the 15% for, you know, for a, a long period of time. Uh, the economy is growing, uh, but at the same time, inflation is dropping. And uh, I think he's going to, he's not showing his cards. I think he is going to start dropping in March. They just don't want to, to you know, get everybody all, you know, riled up about it right now. Yeah, and I think that lends itself back to the the commercial real estate market. I think there's there's billions of dollars out there um, that you know these these interest rates are greatly impacting the outcome of of these properties, and and hopefully they're you know foresighted enough farsighted enough to to realize that they need to bring these interest rates down, help some of these deals get done, you know, and keep this economy moving forward. Well, with the office space uh, asset class coming to a a halt basically right a lot of people are either going back to work uh in a hybrid manner a few days out of the week or just working from home remotely so even though office space is still needed but a lot less is needed and so you know um what are some of the challenges that developers like us face if we try to 
you know, get a good deal on an office building and maybe convert it into apartments because that's where obviously, you know, it, it's 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 going to be necessity, right? It's going to be where the demand is, and uh, what what the next step would be to is to buy office space and start converting them. So, what are the so, some of the construction challenges that we'll be facing? Well, you know, just like we always preach, do your due diligence. Uh, I think there'll probably be some good opportunities, uh, but most of the time, these office buildings are in populated areas. Uh, probably a, a lot more zoning in other cities besides Houston. You know, make sure that you can get this thing permitted for a residential tower. And then and then you get back into the infrastructure. Uh, you know, you've, you're going to have a, a quite a, a bit of demo uh, and build back. You know, you always have the challenges with utilities, water connections, power, uh, those types of things. Um, you know, so again, do your due diligence, build a good architectural and, and engineering team and, um, you know, move forward with caution. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting uh landscape for office spaces, especially when you have big corporations like Blackstone Group and Boston Properties surrendering their keys to the bank. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I think uh, the, the the metric that I read was that 40% um, of all, 43% actually, I'm reading it right now, 43% of, uh, of uh, all office spaces, um, or 43% of all deed in lieu of foreclosure, which is, here's the key, don't foreclose on us, uh, was uh, office spaces. 43% were, were office buildings uh, in, uh, in Q2 of 2022. Yeah, and that's, that's a scary thing. And, and, you know, I think they'll also, you know, with that, with those uh, sad stories, I think there'll be some opportunistic people out there that will turn these and convert these into to multifamily units, maybe even convert them to hotels, you know, and get in the hospitality industry. Uh, hopefully there's some good groups out there that, uh, that take these buildings over. But do you think is it, it's easy to convert a, an office into a multifamily? I mean, usually offices have one or two bathrooms on each floor, whereas in a multifamily, you're going to require, uh, you know, a bathroom in each unit. We're not going to have, you know, <laughs> communal bathrooms. Right, right. No, that wouldn't sell very well anywhere other than, than maybe some student housing. But uh, yeah, there are definitely going to be some plumbing and electrical challenges, uh, there's definitely going to be um, some engineering, some structural things that you're going to have to work through. And each of these buildings is is its own unique, uh, you know, animal, and, and you're going to have to approach them all individually. But, but you know, the ducting, you know, getting all your HVAC to these units and, and just the division of the floor itself, elevators, um, you know, you have a lot of different concerns. So, you know, hopefully, um, hopefully they can uh, they can navigate those and and do it within budget so that these things can you know have a manageable rents that that people are you know desirable and affordable places to be. And also, the other thing is that the 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 municipalities are going to have to deal with this as well because you know when you're converting an office building which requires a lot less parking space to a multifamily which requires a lot more parking space that parking space may not be available. So, you know, municipalities are going to have to contend with the fact that what do you do? Oh, that's a great point, Jay. I think, uh, I think that's going to be a challenge. It's a challenge now, even with a raw piece of land and starting out a residential, you know, you know, you have to give up quite a bit of area, uh, surface area for parking. So they're going to have to get creative, maybe go down, you know, maybe you, you knock the first floor out and have a small lobby and, and dig down two, three, four stories, uh, and have underground parking. So, um, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a very interesting landscape because even though 
the Fed has decided um, that they're not going to be they're not going to be raising interest rates. Uh, the cut what? Yeah, and then what was the four point two? So interestingly enough, Robbie, um, the two-year bond is still at four point two. That means we're still inverted. You know, if the ten-year bond is at three point eight and the and the two-year bond is four point two, the market is still predicting a recession. Uh, and then the the thirty-year mortgage rate is still uh, hovering over seven percent. And you know, usually people are not jumping into the market. Uh, and so that goes back to my prediction of if the the 30-year fixed mortgage doesn't go below 7% and we are not building as many apartments, rents are still going to go up, uh, even though more housing is being built. But it's, at some point, you know, um, developers will start offering incentives to try and reduce the price of the houses um, to try to sell them. Yeah, and that, Jay, that just gets back to the point of, you know, the the, the housing prices have remained steady. Uh, even with the higher interest rates, um, because of the shortage. I mean, these there, there's still people that list their house on a Thursday and stop taking bids on a Sunday, and the house is gone. Uh, it, it's a really um, it's an interesting market, and I think that you know, the, like what you were saying with the with the multifamily. I mean, the rents are going to continue to go up. There's still a really high occupancy. Uh, there's just gonna there's gonna have to be a. a I think hopefully the Fed's recognize those indicators that you just talked about and and they respond quickly and it kind of seems like they may be taking it very seriously i think everybody recognizes that we're on the threshold of recession uh but the economy's still strong inflation's in control i mean i don't see any reason why they shouldn't drop the unemployment rates. is still low yeah unemployment is low uh, i think it was at i think it was under three percent yeah so you know uh you know, and again, not not to get into a political discussion, but you know, uh, people who feel one way or another about the 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 sitting president, the reality of the matter is, if the economy is doing well, the incumbent gets reelected, and the economy is actually doing well. I mean, you know, inflation's under control, and like you said, unemployment's low. There's really not a lot of. Uh, things to complain about regarding the economy other than, you know, uh, for us as investors and developers, interest rates are a little too high to start getting into any feasible projects. Yeah. And, and, you know, just taking 2023 as a whole, uh, I think, uh, multifamily starts, we're down 26%. Uh, we're already in a deficit, so we're going to have to play a little catch up. And, and, you know, I know that, uh, I've seen and read a lot of articles, and I think the underlying theme for a lot of investors is stay alive to 25, you know. So hopefully, um, you know, hopefully we can navigate 2024 and, and maybe get a little bit uh, more construction starts, more developments going with a reduction in interest rates. Absolutely. Um, here's the other thing, though. The other caveat to this is that uh, there's going to be a lot of existing multifamily whose interest rates are going to start resetting. And they're going to come onto the market. But again, those are almost all of them are occupied. I mean, in Houston, you know, uh, even the the multifamily uh, projects that were foreclosed on by Arbor Capital last year, the 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 units or the the projects or the 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 
the assets were were foreclosed on, but they were all 95 plus percent occupied. So it's not like a house where a house gets foreclosed on and it's now empty and it's available to live in. There's no B or C class properties that are have that have any occupancy in Houston that I know of. Right. And the and the other problem that Houston and, and Texas and as in in whole is facing is we're having an influx of out of state. And for every every relocation from out of state to Texas, they're taking a house off the market. But the flip side of that is they're not putting one on the market. So they're just taking uh supply. Right, they're just taking a supply without without selling a house, so it really puts a dent into the supply. And the existing homeowners who are sitting, and I think I read an article that said that sixty percent of homeowners are sitting on mortgages that are under three percent. Hell, I'm sitting on a mortgage under three percent. I'm not about to let that go and pay seven and a half percent. Well, Jay, it's a very interesting it's a very interesting time. Um, I'm feeling better and better about the direction the Fed's going. Uh, I was worried they were going to maybe react too slowly and or react too aggressively and and continue the rate increases. So I'm really I'm really pleased with uh with how they've handled it and and you know in my opinion it looks like we're gonna avoid a recession. And I think um I think that'll really get things fired up, get some good development started. I think you're a hundred percent right. I think there'll be some existing multifamily units out there available and and you know hopefully everybody can get creative and and work their way into the commercial uh, office building space that may become available. So there's going to be some interesting things happen in the next year. No, I agree with you. Uh, again, you know, the bond market, the 10-year bond is dropping steadily. It's kind of fluctuating, but it is dropping now. That inversion is still a problem because that inverted rate has predicted a recession every single time, except once, I think. And we we actually had another, another podcast where we talked about that. Uh, so until that two-year bond drops below the 10-year bond, there's still a, a, a chance of recession. And I think that Paul was doing a good job. And I think he might just be able to engineer a nice, you know, soft landing and start cutting rates and the economy starts booming. And, you know, maybe we're back in the 90s and a lot of our listeners may never, you know, they were probably too young, but the 90s were a great decade. Well, we've got we've got some good articles on, on the 90s. We've got some good articles uh uh, that were just posted. So jump on albanyparkcapital.com, uh, check them out, and uh, leave any comments or questions you might have, and and grab a, a Padron family reserve, and you won't regret it. This is not just a family reserve. This is the 85th year family reserve. So this is celebrating the 85th, and, uh, 85th birthday of the father. Very cool. All the more reason to grab one and celebrate. Have a good day, everyone.